Hi, and welcome to Healing Quest, your healthy lifestyle show. I'm Judy Brooks. And I'm Roy Walkenhorst. When we talk about a healthy lifestyle, we're talking about holistic wellness, things like energy medicine and quantum healing, and so much more to help us all achieve optimum health. Well, thank you for joining us. We hope all is well with you on this day before Valentine's Day, which has become a big deal in many places around the world. In addition to the United States, Valentine, Valentine's Day is celebrated in Canada and Mexico and the United Kingdom and France and Australia, so lots of places. You know, we have some real history here. Americans began exchanging handmade Valentines. What a nice idea. In the early 1700s, I... Wow, it's amazing. It's wow. We weren't even a country then, but that's that's true. And today, the Greeting Card Association says an estimated 150 million Valentine's Day cards are sent every year. So Valentine's Day is the second largest card sending holiday of the year. Obviously, Christmas is number one. And let me guess. I'm going to say that probably women purchase approximately. I don't know. I would say almost 90% of all Valentines. You're right. The, the Greeting Card Association says 85%. Now, if you're thinking about a Valentine's dinner with an extra romantic menu, we've done some research into aphrodisiac foods as identified by the Organic Authority website. Hmm. Hmm. Well, number one on their list is oysters, which, you know, we've heard before. No which surprise pro- there. No, which improve dopamine levels to boost libido in men and women. Oysters are also high in zinc, which is vital for testosterone production. Number two on the aphrodisiac food list, and th- this is a, a huge surprise to me, watermelon. The director of the Fruit and Vegetable Center at Texas A&M says watermelon delivers Viagra-like effects on blood vessels throughout the body. He says watermelon also contains citrulline amino acid, which helps relax blood vessels that increase sex drive. So... I'm seeing watermelon in a whole new light. There you go. Well, <laughs> yeah, I think they have watermelon martinis. There we go. Mm-hmm. Well, number three on the list is dark chocolate mm, with a chemical known as, <laughs> want to say that word, Roy? Phenethylamine. Phenethylamine. That's right. That stimulates the sense of excitement and well-being. Well, we've heard chocolate is uh, is always, why, why do people give uh, boxes of chocolate on Valentine's Day? So now if somebody says, uh, you know, you're in the mood for something sweet, you say, I'd like a little phenethylamine. That'll really <laughs> confuse them. Number four on the list is asparagus, which is high in a B vitamin that increases the production of histamine, which is very important for a healthy sex drive in men and women. Well, number five on the list is avocado, which Mm. is one of your very favorites, Mm. which legend says was found to be so sexy by Spanish priests in South America that they forbade their parishioners from eating them. Mm. Hmm. Number six on the list is maca, and that's a root known as Peru's natural Viagra. Our our friend medicine hunter uh, Chris Killam says the maca plant increases stamina, energy, fertility, and libido. Mm-hmm. And rounding out the top seven aphrodisiac foods are pumpkin seeds. Who knew? Like oysters, they're high in zinc for testosterone production, along with libido, vitamins like B, E, C, D, and K. Well, there's a lot of libido vitamins. <laughs> and minerals, including calcium, potassium, niacin, and phosphorus. So as we mentioned above, our source for this is the Organic Authority website. So, of course, they recommend that all of these aphrodisiac foods that you buy be organic. So to recap, for that romantic Valentine's Day menu, I'm trying to figure out how you can kind of weave these all together. You want to, obviously you want to start with oysters. We knew that. But watermelon, dark chocolate, asparagus, avocado, maca, and pumpkin seeds. There you go. 
Well, there's a menu. I'd really like to see how somebody puts all that together. I don't even think I'm going to try. That's why you need multiple courses. That's that's right. And always chocolate. Chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. <laughs> Especially the dark chocolate, the 80%, 90% cacao that's really full of antioxidants. It's good for you. It's what the doctor orders. Yeah, I wanted to participate in the research projects on that. I could never <laughs> figure out how to get on them. But And speaking of research, we also want to remind you about some very impressive heart health research we recently learned about involving vitamin K27. One major European study found that K27 contributed to a 50% reduction in cardiovascular death. That's a lot. And you heard that. <laughs> you heard that right. A 50% reduction as a result of vitamin K27. We got more details on it from Kiran Krishnan, Chief Science Officer for Just Thrive Health. It is so critical. It is so necessary. We'll talk about the heart-related benefits today, but it's critical for your bone, for your nerves, for your brain development, for your teeth, all kinds of things. And, uh, and we get almost none of it from our diet. There's no vitamin K27 in the Western diet. We mentioned uh, a study uh, in Europe that 50% reduction in cardiovascular mortality. That's, that's just kind of um, amazing to me. So what does it do to protect the heart? Yeah, and uh, so that study you're referring to is called the Rotterdam study. It was 4,800 patients over a 10-year period. Right, so that's no small study. That's not a, a, a small laboratory internal study on mice or something like that. It's a massive study. But and the thing is, it's not. It doesn't stand alone. There's a number of um, studies that preceded that, a number of studies that uh, that have not, since been done to further validate that information. So, what is vitamin K two seven doing? Well, as it turns out. If you look at the American Heart Association information on heart disease, the best predictor of cardiovascular disease and cardiovascular mortality is calcium scoring, right? That is the deposition of calcium inside your arteries. Everything else that's a risk factor, things like cholesterol levels, inflammation like CRP, blood pressure, those are all associated with the risk in cardiovascular mortality or cardiovascular disease, but, but they're not the, the best predictors of the risk, right? It's calcium score. That means how much calcium is being deposited on the inner lining of your blood vessels. Because over time, as calcium gets deposited on the inner lining, the endothelium is the, is the name of it, uh, the inner lining of your blood vessels, the blood vessels start to stiffen and they become hard and they become less compliant is the word one would use. So they can't flex, they can't uh, open up wide and accept a large blood volume and they start to close up over time. So that calcification is the biggest predictor and risk factor. And the only thing so far discovered, whether natural, synthetic, or anything that can remove that calcium from your arteries and your lining of your vessels is vitamin K27, right? There's, and we have a defense mechanism against it, right? So our body is so smart. Our body knows that when you take in calcium through food and even nowadays supplements, calcium is going to float around your circulatory system. And if there's any sort of damage to the internal, to the lining of your vessels, it's going to start getting deposited in some of these areas. And so over time, it's normal for calcification to occur in your vessels. However, we've got a protein in our vessels called MGP. MGP's sole job is to get rid of that calcium for your vessels and in fact, send your calcium towards your bone, which is actually where you need it. 
and that MGP is a vitamin K27 dependent um, uh, molecule. And without vitamin K27, it cannot get activated and do its job of removing calcium from your arteries. If you're just joining us, I'm Roy Walkenhorst. And I'm Judy Brooks, and you're listening to Healing Quest, and we're speaking with microbiologist Kieran Christian about vitamin K27 and the health of our heart. And there's, as you just mentioned, there's other things uh, besides uh, benefits to our for our heart health that K27 provides. One is bones, and that's something I'm very interested in. So can you talk about that for a second? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things I mentioned just now is that uh, – one of the roles of MGP, the vitamin K dependent protein in your arteries, is to remove calcium from the arteries and then starts directing it towards the bone. Now, when the calcium gets to the bone, calcium just doesn't stick onto the bone, right? Calcium is an inert mineral. And so in order to actually stick calcium onto the bone, there it requires a paste. And the paste is called osteocalcin. Osteocalcin is the really critical paste that's required to actually take calcium and stick it on the bone. That osteocalcin is also a vitamin K2 dependent protein. So without vitamin K2 activating it, it cannot grab the calcium and stick it on the bone. And so that, that whole almost simplified mechanism of misdirected calcium, calcium ending up on the arteries and the lining of vessels versus on the bone, that's a huge thing that drives two of the four biggest killers in the Western world. That's heart disease, cardiovascular disease, and osteoporosis. A single vitamin addresses the mechanism by which those two conditions arise because K2 uh, helps ensure that the calcium is coming out of the arteries and the lining of the vessels and putting it onto the bone. Well, that, that that's great information. And, you know, for any of you out there that are dealing with osteopenia or osteoporosis, uh, boy, <laughs> this would be a really good thing to add to your uh, regimen. Right. As a matter of fact, uh, Kieran, but pardon me for getting personal, but how important is vitamin K27 in the realm of the supplements that you take? So for me, it's it's first and foremost, and I've been taking vitamin K27 for now almost 20 years. Um, and, and for me, the motivation was, you know, I have heart disease that runs in my family, right? My, my dad had um, a, um, a massive heart attack in his mid-40s, um, and so did his dad. And so there's a genetic element to that as well. And so one of the things that struck me was the, was the impact that this simple vitamin had on cardiovascular health. And so I've been taking it personally since then. Now, even since, uh, since the year around 2000, you know, we ourselves have come to discover new functions of, of vitamin K2 for your nerve health and your brain health and so on. So I like my brain and I want to maintain my brain and I like my nerves functioning the way they should. Um, and, and the energetics that K2 produces. So K2 um, can dramatically increase the amount of energy your mitochondria can produce. So all of those things are not only immediate lifestyle benefits for me, but also provides long-term um, you know, support for the kinds of systems that, that uh, are at risk in my physiology, right? And so um, to me, it's top of, uh, of the mind and, and, and the very front of my supplement counter. So vitamin K27, definitely worth uh, looking at and putting it on, on your uh, supplement counter. Let's just kind of decode what all that means. Uh, the K, there's a K1 and a K2. K1 only works in the liver. K2 has the heart, bone, and other health benefits. The 7 in the K27 stands for the fact that that's a natural version 
of the vitamin K, which comes from fermentation as opposed to K24, which is a synthetic. And finally, um, we advise looking for the 320 microgram dose, which studies say delivers nearly 90% of all of the benefits from vitamin K2, and that's the one in the Just Thrive Vitamin K27. You know, I take it for a lot of reasons, but uh, I'm concerned about my bones, so uh, I take it, I actually double up on it. Right. And that's very much worth doing, especially when you remember what Kieran told us about the Rotterdam study, 4,800 patients over a 10-year period, and the bottom line, a 50% reduction in cardiovascular death. You heard that right. Wow. 50% reduction, yeah. So that's a recipe for many, many happy Valentine's days to come. You can find all of the Just Thrive products on our website, HealingQuest.tv. And when you shop with us, a reminder, you help us bring Healing Quest to you every week. And we want to update you now on some interesting research developments. The first one comes from UC Berkeley, where scientists have found what they say is a molecular switch that could lead to new ways to deal with chronic disease and to actually halt or, I love this, even reverse aging. Now, I mean, I hope they figure that out really fast. I don't think they're teasing us with that either. I hope not. The so-called switch is a collection of proteins responsible for sensing potential threats to the body and launching an inflammation response. So unfortunately, sometimes that inflammation response is overactivated and and that's been linked to chronic conditions like cancer and diabetes and dementia. Researchers there say controlling the overactivation would actually really help deal with those chronic conditions and even prevent age-related degeneration in general. Wow, this is really big, I think. Their, their findings have been published in the journal Cell Metabolism. I know all of you probably have that sitting on your nightstand. <laughs> Next, we have a study from Texas A&M on why we need to eat our vegetables especially cruciferous veggies like cabbage, kale, Brussels sprouts, and cauliflower, because scientists at Texas A&M say that a compound they found in those cruciferous vegetables is really powerful at fighting fatty liver disease, which affects, I had no idea, affects an estimated 100 million Americans and can end in liver failure. So again, your new best veggie friends are cabbage, kale, Brussels sprouts, and cauliflower. Well, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Healing Quest. I'm Judy Brooks. And I'm Roy Walkenhorst, and we're talking about news this week in the world of natural health. And that includes one other item we want you to know about. The ASPCA has released an updated list of the top 10 toxins to watch out for in protecting the animal companions in our life. I loved getting this list because we have animals in our life. Yeah. So the number one on the list in terms of poison control calls is over-the-counter medications. Now, the ASPCA says they're the most common group of toxins ingested by pets. In this category are ibuprofen and cold medications and herbal supplementation. So, you know, herbal supplements. And number two on the list is human prescription medications. Same thing applies there. Things like antidepressants and heart medications. Cats and dogs don't need those. Foods are number three on the list, things like grapes, raisins, onions, and garlic, and the sugar substitute, xylitol. Number four is chocolate, also kind of a food. No news there, including candy and baked goods, so watch out for all those if you've got your little ones around. And speaking of little ones, number five is veterinary products. The SPCA says many pet medications are flavored to make them taste better, but sometimes they taste too good. And sometimes mischievous pets mistake them for treats and overindulge. Also, the ASPCA says we need to remember that a childproof container does not mean pet-proof. 
So number six on the toxic list are household items like cleaning products and paint. Well, that just makes sense, yeah. you know. And and then also uh, next is rodent baits, which pets unfortunately often find to be tasty. I don't know why. And number eight are uh, insecticides and bug sprays. And obviously those need to be carefully stored. And number nine on the list are plants. And this was the one, and I, and I know this, and, you know, I love to have flowers in the house. And over the years, I've learned to have to be really careful because one of our cats just loves to eat flowers. So both indoor and outdoor plants. The ASPCA says consumption of any plant material may cause vomiting and gastrointestinal upset for dogs and cats. In fact, some plants can be life-threatening, like azaleas, rhododendrons, daffodils, oleander, tulip, lilies, and wisteria. The SPCA has a complete list if you want to go further into this topic. But finally, number 10 on the list are garden products like herbicides and soil enhancements. So keeping our animal companions healthy is a big deal in the U.S. where cats are part of 94 million households compared to 89 million for dogs. So that means 68% of all of us have at least one pet and our relationship with them is a constant source of affection. At least ours is. You know, that relationship continues to be an irresistible topic for authors like Carlin Montes da Oca of Marin County. She's written a book we like a lot on the human-animal connection and the self-care that our own animal companions can help with. Her book is titled Dog as My Doctor, Cat as My Nurse, (laughs) An Animal Lover's Guide to a Healthy, Happy, and Extraordinary Life. It's a really interesting book. But what it's focused on, what I, one of the things I connected with is it's focused on how dogs and cats teach us humans how to stay present, be playful, and live positively. Yes, and you were telling me that the book also talks about the physical benefits of having a dog or a cat. You know, it lowers your blood pressure. It reduces stress. And this is, research shows this. This is definitely, uh, this is a fact. This mm-hmm. is this is a fact. And the author cites that exercise dog owners get when they walk their dogs is a big health benefit. It reminds me of, of Marty Rossman years ago who, who oh, did yeah. uh, the founder of the Guided, the Guided, of Guided Injury. Exactly. And Marty said if we would all just treat ourselves as well as we treat our dogs. You know, you give them water, you take them for a walk. So if we did, if we did that for ourselves. So if you've got a dog and you're taking it for a walk, you're getting lots of great exercise. But that's not the only way. I, this, this, we have always had, I, well, I shouldn't say always, but when, gosh, decades ago we, we got together, we always had dogs in our life. Mm-hmm. Remember Fred, uh, the oh, I know. wonderful I can't, little can't dog? I the boys didn't talk about Fred. I'm surprised Fred didn't come up when I we thought talked he would. about I our did. sons earlier. But. Well, this is a dog that was like a little Welsh corgi. He followed Christian home one day. At least that's what Christian said. That's he just story. followed him home. And, yeah. then, and that dog walked in the living room. Took one look around and knew who the decision maker was, and he leapt over the coffee table and landed right on Roy's chest. I was laying there watching football game. Yes, <laughs> and that dog just started licking his face, and he was like, "Oh, we we could we could have a dog." So there is, but so there's there's this wonderful connection that happens. But what I was thinking about was um, animals work with us at various levels, mm-hmm. and that reminded me of when we lived here in Sacramento, and then we moved to San Francisco, where in the flat. Fred didn't want to live, so he got moved back. We moved to Sonoma, and we had a great house there that we were leasing, but the owner said no dogs. And so we ended up having a cat in our life. 
And, and the cat, it, it was really remarkable. And I really want to, I just want to say that, that uh, I, w- I want to acknowledge the gift that Tinker was. So, so Tinker was this wonderful little white cat. And uh, there's all kinds of stories about how she found us. And then we moved here to, to Rescue, 10 acres up in Rescue. And at that point, Tinker was, well, maybe 13? She's about, about 15. Yeah, and, 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 anywhere. And, we, and, and she was pretty fragile. She, and we weren't even sure she was going to right. make. Make the, the trip. The trip. So we were concerned to... about. Uh, there's a point to this story. It takes a while, but um, we were concerned about um, Tinker being a- a- able to be outside because she's a little white cat, and um, she, we're out. You know, she'd been an outdoor cat in Sonoma, and but up here, you know, outdoor we... at night, indoor, uh, outdoor during the day, indoor at night. Right, and yeah. we didn't want to have her outside, and she was a little too fragile. So what you did? So was... Judy said, "Look, we, we, you know, we, she's got to stay in, but she really wanted to go out. So we consulted all kinds of uh, of advisors, and they said, well, you could." go out she'd go out probably if somebody was with her so tinker and i got into this situation where she would come to the office about i don't know two o'clock in the afternoon and get me up out of my chair and say it's time for you to take me for a walk she would and say that she would just about wow. i mean she I really did have a she, connection with she tinker. could really communicate and 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 so it was a great gift for me because um well as you may be reading uh sitting is the new smoking we're all very concerned now and i wasn't uh, years ago when, at this point of tinker's life i didn't even know that but just being able to get up and take the walk and it wasn't just being able to get up it was we would have this little routine and it's at a certain point, I'd sit on this big rock we have in front of our house, and she would hop up on my lap, and I would, and and she would be there. And what was amazing was going back to what uh, Karen uh, Montes de Oca says. She talks about how dogs and cats teach us to stay present, to stay in the present moment. And when I was there outside in the beautiful day with this really lovely little kitty on my lap, just concentrating on being present. She'd stay on my lap for as long as I was going to stay there. And when my mind started to wander about, gosh, I got to write that letter. Oh, I didn't do that sales presentation. Boom. She would be off my lap. And then we'd walk a little more, and there's another place where we would sit, and she'd get up on my lap again. And the same thing. If I was just really focused on staying present, she'd be with me. And when I started worrying about business, she was gone. So it was just a great gift that that little one gave me, and I think can give all of us in terms of how to be in the moment. Well, that's what animals teach us is to be in the moment. And that's what we've heard from all of the experts that we've had on the show. And that's certainly what we've learned in our own personal experience is that they want your full attention. And if you're not paying attention, they're, they're gone. Or watch them outdoors, how they focus. They're so present. And we hope you have one or more animal companions in your life. They definitely do a lot for us. That's for sure. Over the past few months, we've been examining the benefits of infrared saunas and the science that confirms the physical benefits those saunas delivered, things like boosting our immune system and helping our bodies lose weight, detox, and deal with joint and muscle pain. But infrared saunas can also have a psychological and spiritual benefit. In fact, the World Health Organization decades ago passed a resolution recommending that spiritual health be considered an important aspect of well-being because, quote, the spiritual dimension plays a great role in all aspects of life. Leading our exploration of infrared saunas has been Dr. Raleigh Duncan, and he's the founder of Clearlight Saunas, which are now in use across the U.S. and in many locations uh, overseas as well. He's an expert on infrared heat and EMF and the author of the book Total Wellness, which includes practical steps on how we can deepen our spiritual health. 
So to discuss all of this now, joining us via Zoom from his home base in the Bay Area is Dr. Raleigh Duncan. Dr. Duncan, your infrared saunas have been referred to as healing cabins. So can you give us a quick reminder about what an infrared sauna is and how it works in case some of our listeners haven't been paying attention? (laughs) Sure. Uh, Very, very quickly. So everyone's familiar with a regular type of uh, box of hot rock sauna. You go in, the air is hot. Infrared is a little different in that instead of trying to heat the air up, we have infrared heaters around you, behind you, right and left, uh, behind the legs. And this really soothing, penetrating infrared heat is what comes into the body, penetrates into the muscles of soft tissues, gets the toxins out, does all that. But the air temperature, it's warm, but it's not beastly hot, so it's easier to breathe. So it's a more, uh, a gentler, more therapeutic type of sauna. I can attest to that. (laughs) You know, in recent weeks, we've explored infrared saunas benefits from a a physical standpoint, mostly things like improved blood flow and a boost to the immune system, which is really important right now. But in addition to that, how can infrared heat be good for our mental health and maybe our our spiritual health? Yeah. So if we think about uh, body, mind, spirit, you know, this whole connection that when you relax the body, you feel better emotionally, you feel better mentally. So when you get in the infrared sauna, you're in a very nice, quiet place, number one. So that is relaxing. You don't have a lot of distraction. And then the infrared heat comes in, you get a vasodilation we've talked about. You go into a relaxed state. When we talk about vasodilation, we are, in effect, more open in the way our, our vascular system is working. Is that right? That- that's that's a good way of thinking about it. The blood vessels open up, our muscles relax, and and so you could correlate that to our feeling sense. You know, our heart opens, our body opens, our minds open, and you give that big sigh. That ah, then you know you're almost there. <laughs> you know, defining spiritual health can be very challenging. But one definition I like is that spiritual health encompasses beliefs and values that give life meaning and a sense of purpose. Does that align with with what you're trying to make possible for people who have access to a infrared sauna? It it definitely aligns with uh, my worldview and my own <clears throat> my own travels in my life of, of trying to find some deeper meaning in our lives. I think we have to find our own meaning. So anything that will help in that, I'm all for. Yeah, definitely. You know, one chapter in your book, Total Wellness, is on spiritual health, devoted to spiritual health. And there you write about meditation and also list 12 action steps to help us deepen our spiritual health. You know, it seems like some of those could really be enhanced by doing them in the splendid isolation of an infrared sauna. For example, one of the action steps that you suggest is spend five minutes connecting with your deepest feelings, place your hand over your heart or the area that's active, and breathe into that area. Notice what changes. I have a feeling that you've experienced this and and you you must have tried this out many times before recommending it to your readers. So the action steps I came up with were things that I've definitely tried and found. So if you do that, if you do the one where you spend five minutes with your deepest feelings, what Mm -hmm. kinds of changes do you notice? So number one is just having a sense of our own self and our bodies. Our lives are so hectic now. 
you know, we're on the phones, we're texting, we're doing this, we're worried. So we get disconnected from our bodies. So the, just placing your hand on an area of your body, it's sort of like reintroducing yourself to that part of yourself. And then you go, wow, there's there's tension. So this is my experience. I'll put my hand on a part of my body, maybe that I feel a little disconnected, or maybe there's a little pain and breathe into that area. And then, and then reestablish a connection with that and then notice the shift. Is there a shift? Many times there is. And, and just in that area, and then that encompasses the entire body. It's, it's pretty amazing. And the infrared being in the sauna in a relaxed place uh, helps that whole process. I would think facilitates that process as well. Yes. If you're just yeah. joining us, I'm Roy Walkenhorst. And I'm Judy Brooks, and you're listening to Healing Quest, and we're speaking with Dr. Raleigh Duncan about how infrared saunas can be a gateway to spiritual health. Now, another action for spiritual health that you recommended in your book is, quote, banish judgment. That's a tall that. order, so, huh? You hear, yeah. yeah. Well, first, you say first for yourself, which mm-hmm. I think is the hardest yeah. thing to do, and then for the rest of the world. And of course, that's something we could work on by simply sitting quietly somewhere. But it seems like this would be much more impactful in a sauna where the waves of radiant heat are are penetrating our skin and improving blood flow and and revitalizing ourselves at the same time. Well, it gives us a pause, you know, just that pause and and a place where you feel kind of safe. And one of the things I've found is that I can't treat anybody any differently than I treat myself. So if to the extent that I can love myself and accept myself, that is the extent that I can love other people and accept them. So it all starts with us. I love that. That is, uh, that is so true. And it, it's so simple. And yet so many of us uh, lose track of that at times. Yes, it's it's very easy, and it's very easy to look at others and go, you're the reason I'm not feeling. No, that's not it. It's really not. <laughs> yeah, and I, I wonder how we would equate that to like what's going on in the world right now, or at least what's going on in our country right now. I, I try every day to, to not want to you know, hmm. buy into it and, and to tr- try to be tolerant and understanding and it's really difficult. And I mean, do you yeah. have any suggestions for people about that? I mean, you know, we're faced with this right now. It's yeah. in our face all the time. Well, I, yeah, I think what I've done for myself, because it's easy to project into the future and think of uh, how horrible it might be if this happens, if that happens, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? So that's the time to sit down if you have a sauna or just sit down where you are and take a deep breath and then feel your body and look around and say, I'm here now, everything is okay. No one is doing anything bad to me. I'm not being attacked, uh, I'm healthy. And get in touch with that, that just that space inside where you feel good, that happiness is always residing within us. It's always there. It has no place else to go. So it's tapping into that. <laughs> it's just us tapping back into it. It's just us tapping back. It hasn't left, it's always there. So. <laughs> Another spiritual health recommendation in your book is to consider who you need to forgive, Mm. not to heal them, but to heal yourself. And that can be very difficult. But again, the sauna environment, it seems to me, may help us relax and release negative thoughts. Is is that part of the uh, part of what we think is happening in that process? Yeah, I, I think it can be. And many people get in the saunas and they don't have these deep thoughts. They may not be inclined to that. 
but then you're going to come out feeling better. But for those of us who seem to be on this inner path, you know, some are chosen and others are not, and that's okay. It just, just gives us that pause, that place to reflect. I, it's almost like a, a meditation hut, you know, and the, yes. and the, there were times when the monks would go out, there would be forest monks and they've had, the, I've seen them, they're little meditation huts uh, by the trees and uh, go out and, and into nature. So it, it's our urban meditation hut. Did that inform you when you were creating the saunas that you created? And was all that in the back of your mind when you were creating these beautiful boxes? Well, I, I guess it was part of who, who I am. And I wanted to create, in fact, we have a whole line of saunas we call the sanctuary. That's what we have. <laughs> <laughs> so it was definitely trying to create a space where people could find that type of deep healing. And that's why we put the chromotherapy in and the, that's why you can have some relaxing music playing and just the whole aesthetic of the sauna and the beautiful cedar wood or the basswood to go in a place where we can revive ourselves, renew ourselves, and then come, come out to, uh, to face the world. It feels like a very safe place. Yes. Uh, so that you're in this very safe place, in a way, in, in exterior safety, but also you have this interior safety because those waves of infrared are, are kind of slowing you down and opening you up inside. Well, think of it this way, like a, a, sometimes we call it a womb with a view. You know, when <laughs> yes. uh, before we were born, we were, you know, in our mother's belly and it was nice and warm and we were getting fed and hopefully there was feelings of love coming at us. And so there's something very intrinsic, innate in our in ourselves that want to return to a safe space to kind of work out, you know, whatever's happening in our lives. Also, I think a great benefit of it is, is it really, I think, deals effectively with stress. It's hard yes. to be stressed out. I find when I'm doing my 25-minute sauna session, it's interesting. I hadn't even thought about that until now, but it's just not, it's just not part of that experience. What's well, that infrared? It's the vasodilation. So it's all very um, scientific. But then it, it's creating that feeling of relaxation in your body. You, there's no way that you can't go into parasympathetic mode or the relaxation state when you get in the sauna. We're going to put you in there. Just all you have to do is get in and, and turn it on. Yeah, that's it. So what, what could be easier? You know, you don't have to learn how to do yoga. You don't even have to learn how to meditate. Just get in the sauna, you know, spend 20 minutes in there and uh, everyone will think, what happened to them? You know? Oh, my God. Look well, how they're glowing. By the way, not all of your spiritual health recommendations in the book involve a sauna. So, no, in, in fact, fact my favorite them. one is, quote, do an act of kindness for someone else and don't get found out. That's a great thought. Yeah. I'm, yeah. That's the, the not getting found out is the, the yeah. one of the most important aspects because I like to tell my wife, well, I did this today, you know, and then it kind of <laughs> takes away from, yeah. Yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. That, that is an impulse that a, a lot of people have a hard time resisting. Well, I'm, I'm always looking for brownie points. In the <laughs> you know, I think we all are. Really. <laughs> yeah. I found that to be very, uh, uh, it makes me happy. That, that's the thing to find our own happiness. And that is that is the thing, and that is the trick. And no one can no one can make us happy but ourselves. I mean, they can enhance our happiness, but if it's up to us, yeah. you know. It's, what it's what I love to... is that phrase: the joy. Find the joy for no reason. 
you know, that is within us. It's not, I'm not happy because I got a, you know, I won the lottery. I'm not happy because of some reason, because then that car could be taken away or that paycheck could be, you know, something could be taken away, but it's uh, just that joy bubbling up for no reason. That's within everyone. That's what I've found. I love that thought, and I think that's a great thought to leave our audience with today because um, right now we all need to rely on ourselves to dig down deep for our resources to, to keep us grounded and, and, and feeling safe and, and hopefully happy. Thank you, Raleigh. We've been speaking with Dr. Raleigh Duncan, founder of Clearlight Infrared, makers of jacuzzi saunas, about how infrared saunas can be good for our spiritual and our physical health. On this day before Valentine's Day, I've asked my Valentine, Roy Walkenhorst, to join me in my self-care segment. Well, I'm delighted to be here to explore and celebrate one of our favorite topics, love and how important it is to a happy life. Oh, you say that in such a dreamy way. That's what happens when I'm with you. (laughs) You're right. Well, it's a topic that has fascinated humans from um, pretty much the beginning of time. So it it was a prime topic in one of our interviews with author and spiritual teacher Deepak Chopra. And here's how he answered when we asked him, what is love? Love is probably the most powerful healing force in the universe. Um, how does it do it? What is love? Most people think of love as an emotion or a sentiment. And it is an emotion, it is a sentiment, but it's also much more than that. Love is, in the words of great wisdom traditions and great seers, love is the ultimate force at the heart of creation. Love is the knowingness and the experience of the inseparability of us as one being. Uh, in Buddhist traditions, they say we are inter-beings that inter-arise in the inter-isness. And so when we feel that inseparability, then of course the emotion of love occurs. Love is the ultimate force at the heart of creation. Hmm, now that's a big thought and certainly one that Deepak is, is really well equipped to handle. Not that many. Well, actually it was a few years ago. Um, there's a big convention in a natural health convention in Washington, D.C., and we sponsored him as the keynote speaker. So I remember we picked him up at the hotel, got in the car, and he said, Hi, good to see you guys. Uh, what's my topic? I said, Deepak, you're the keynote speaker. See, I don't care. Uh, what do you think I should talk about? And off the cuff, he gave one of the most amazing one-hour keynote speeches I've ever heard. He is an incredible human being. Now, of course, scientists have been trying to understand this thing called love for many, many years, and they've developed some interesting information about it. Dr. Melanie Greenberg recently published on the Psychology Today website an overview of some of the science-based facts about what love is and isn't. Well, for example, she says research supports the old cliché about two hearts beating together as one. She says, studies show that we do experience love in the moment as a state of communion, which echoes what Deepak said just a little while ago about love as the inseparability of us as one being. Good to have science back that up. Yes, it is. Dr. Greenberg adds, in this moment of deep connection, people in love mirror each other's facial expressions and their gestures and even uh, physiological rhythms. And she says, love can also be a lasting mental and emotional state in which we care 
deeply for each other's well-being. You know, feel moved by each other's pain and are motivated to help relieve each other's suffering. That's that's good. Yeah. When it comes to building lasting relationships, Dr. Greenberg says a meta-analysis of studies of long-term loving relationships has found some behavior patterns that couples with lasting love share. She says, first of all, partners think of each other positively when they're not together. They support each other's personal growth and development, and they undertake shared experiences in which they can learn and expand. She says studies also show that if we focus on love, we can enhance it. Well, that makes sense because if you, whatever you focus on is what you're going to bring more of in your life. So that's why we're always saying focus on the things that are working, not the things that, that aren't working in your life because then you're going to get more of the things that are working. Yeah, but that could just be a, a, you know, a sweet philosophy. It's nice to know that there's some science behind it. Mm-hmm. So when we focus on feelings and actions toward a loved one, we begin a spiral of mutual appreciation and happiness. Like Research that. shows that expressing gratitude and love in words and actions creates positive emotions in the giver as well as the receiver, as we've also talked about before here on Healing Quest. Yes, we have. And studies show that when we focus on our loving feelings for one person, the feelings of satisfaction and connection that we experience can motivate us to be more loving in general. Just, you know, just be a more loving person. And who doesn't want that? Yeah. And as we've also heard uh, on other topics here on, on Healing Quest over the last few months, Love is contagious. Dr. Greenberg says science shows that expressions of caring, compassion, and empathy can inspire these feelings in the people around us. And finally, love can sometimes be forever. Oh, I hope so. (laughs) Well, researchers at Stony Brook University have shown that in successful long-term relationships, the brain scans of those folks when they think about their partner look the same as the scans of individuals who've just fallen in love. Of all of the, the research points here that I discovered on that, uh, on that overview, I think that was the most wonderful one. It's amazing that the scans of people who've been in love and in a loving relationship for maybe decades look just the same as when the young kids are falling in love. That's, that's really good news. That, that's a happy relationship. That's a relationship that's working. I yeah. would imagine if you did a brain scan no, on something. <laughs> these are happy long-term relationships. Right. Yeah. So that's a happy thought, knowing that long-term love can really last and even have brain scan evidence to prove it. Well, I think we qualify. But I, we've, been, we've been married 35 years. Just about. We're still in love. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd submit to those brain scans. What I want is the one... 35 years ago, um, I don't think we have that anywhere, but, uh, but it, yeah. No, you, that wasn't part of our dating ritual to get our brains scanned. <laughs> so. Well, we got, our, we got our charts done by, uh, by Michelle. Michelle, we did, we did. <laughs> so I was struck by how one of the points in Dr. Greenberg's overview that we just uh, shared was, was something that we've heard over and over again in, in the last, I mean, months and months when, we, when we've done, when we done uh, uh, stories on and reports on uh, research on kindness and uh, and on gratitude. It's uh, on this whole thing that I'm going back to the way she she phrases it. When we focus on feelings and actions toward a loved one, we begin a spiral of mutual appreciation. Those positive emotions uh, help uh, actually uh, are in the giver as well as the receiver. That's that giver's high. I know. We we we've talked about yeah, and yeah. that is true. It always makes you feel good. Uh, if you're doing something nice for someone. And to help you get in the mood for a happy and joyful Valentine's Day, we have a song now from our friend singer and songwriter Karen Drucker. 
And you know, you're in luck because Karen is doing an online concert today just to celebrate Valentine's Day. So you can find out more about that at karendrucker.com. It's a concert and it should be lots of fun. And Roy and I are going to do it. I start my day with love. I start my day with peace. I start my day with joy. And I feel that sweet release. I start my day is filled with love and joy today. I'm Judy Brooks. And I'm Roy Walkenhorst. Thank you for connecting with us today. And thanks, too, to the team at Just Thrive Health for helping us bring Healing Quest to you every week. And don't forget, you can find a podcast of this and all Healing Quest shows on our website at HealingQuest.tv. And please follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at Healing Quest. We love hearing from you. Have a great week and a great Valentine's Day. We'll be back right here next week on iHeartRadio. Healing Quest is brought to you by Clearlight Infrared, makers of jacuzzi saunas whose infrared heating technology penetrates deep to boost the immune system, increase blood flow, reduce stress, and detox naturally. You can learn more about jacuzzi saunas at infraredsaunas.com. That's infraredsaunas.com. And use the promo code HEALINGQUEST. Or you can call Clearlight at one 800 798 1779. That's 1 800 798 1779.